You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. together, we spend a good chunk of our Sunday mornings reading the Word of God together and studying it and digging digging into it. And we do this because we believe that God's Word reveals His character and His purpose for us. Also, we believe that God speaks to us through His Word, and it's essential that we read and study and carve out a big portion of our time to study who God is and to hear for him, from Him each and every week. Um, if you've been with us, we, we, you would have known that we're, we're taking this whole year, 2020, to make our way verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the wonderful book of Acts. Uh, we started it in January, and it's really been such a source of strength and comfort and guidance throughout all this weird and strange and difficult season that we're in. And uh, God has been speaking, and we believe like today, just like he has been, that he's going to speak to us. And so I would love for you to join me in turning to our text this morning, uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 37. As we pick up, we're going to be finishing the chapter this morning, and I'd love if you would grab your Bible or open your iPhone app and join me in reading it together. Again, Acts 4 uh, verses 22 through 37, and I'll be reading from the NIV translation. It says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, your father David. Uh, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word, excuse me, your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Verse 32. All the believers were of one mind and one heart. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For the top, uh, from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called 
Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so here's what's happening. Right, so this once again is a continuation of the story uh, that we've been studying, right? The first miracle um, that, the, that the apostles did, um, who, who they testified who Jesus was. Uh, we see this man miraculously healed uh, in the temple courts, and they communicate who had done this healing. It was by the power and the person of Jesus, and it's caused quite the uproar, right? Some have believed uh, in this person, Jesus, this man, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, um, that he is the one that rose from the dead and healed this man, but others did not. They had taken offense at this, and they actually arrested Peter and John. Um, the religious elites, the Sadducees, the captain guard had arrested them, imprisoned them, and put them on trial. And last week, we saw this in the takeaway last week when we saw Peter and John on trial, when they were questioned by what power it was that this man was healed. When Peter and John began to communicate and explain that it was Jesus Christ who had done it, not themselves, but by the power of the risen Lord. The takeaway was that we got to see the incredible transformation and empowerment that these ordinary flawed men exhibited before the Sadducees and elites and those who had arrested them. And what happened was, is they saw, they explained that it wasn't them that were acting in boldness, but it was due to them being filled with the Holy Spirit and the very fact that they had been with Jesus. Right? We talked about the very presence and power of God is what gave them boldness and courage of character and transformed them into the man of God that we saw speaking at the beginning of Acts chapter 4 last week. And the powers that be, they, they kind of take that in, they see this, they kind of don't know what to do, and so all they really can do is they warn them. Okay, you just need to stop talking about the person of Jesus. You can't cause this uproar in the temple and in the city. Um, you need to stop spreading the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for the sins of the world and rose again victorious. You need to stop talking about how Jesus gives life and that abundantly to Jews and Gentiles alike and salvation to the whole world. It's pretty obvious, but Peter and John pretty much told them, you can't do that. There is no way that we are going to stop talking about Jesus. There's no way that we're going to stop talking and preaching the life-changing, life-saving good news that Jesus died for the sins of the world and rose from the dead victoriously. And it's a free gift to all that believe. And so our story that we just read in verse 22 of Acts 4 today picks up as Peter and John go back to the church, like back to the body of Christ, and they give a report as to what happened, right? Because it was an afternoon prayer service. They got arrested. They spent the night in jail. They were on trial. Um, There's no social media back then. And so they come back and they give a report of what happened. Like, are you guys okay? What happened? What did they ask? What questions did they ask? What did you tell them? And they began to give this to a report as to what had happened 
and it's amazing. And then we get at the end of chapter four, this additional window into how the church conducted themselves. And there's really two points that I want to draw out of our text this morning and bring application to. And it's very uh, relatable application to this current season of COVID here in Hawaii. The two things that I want to draw out is that in the face of hardship, so in their case, this was persecution for being Christians. They were being arrested and put and imprisoned and put on trial for talking about Jesus, right? So I want, in the face of that hardship, the early church that we see here in Acts responded by being, here's the two points, unified in mission and unified in care. Unified in mission and unified in care. Here's what I mean. So verses 23 through 31, what happens is the boys come back with this report. The church hears the report of how it went. And the church is absolutely energized. They're stirred up and it caused them actually to praise God and pray uh, to God and declare who he was and what he had done. And the section there, the gist of it is, is, is they're declaring, uh, they're speaking out these things, they're praying to God, they're praising God, saying, God, you're in control, you're sovereign. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that it contains. You're bigger than this. You knew this was gonna happen. You told us that we would encounter trials and persecution and hard times. They declare these things and then they, they turn in, 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 into a request. They say, so God, in the midst of being restricted and persecuted for talking about you, we pray, this is a paraphrase, we pray that despite all of that, that we would be emboldened to be the church that you created us to be. They go on paraphrase again, uh, to say, we want your words to go forth. Give us the words, strengthen our lips, and we want people to see your love and mercy through miraculous deeds, through like these healings and other miracles that people would know that you are the God that is saving them. You see, when hard times came, the church actually rallied and unified in their mission to see God's kingdom come. They didn't disperse, they didn't divide, but they actually rallied together in unity of mission. Their mission was to see God's kingdom come and for God to be exalted and magnified in their midst. Church, us now, here and now. I think we've done really good so far to rally in the midst of this current hard time. I mean, I think we've done really good to rally and remember this is all about Jesus. It's always been about him and it always will be. And I think for the most part, like congratulations, like this is two months of like not meeting as a church. And I think you guys have adjusted so well as well as can be, to this digital church thing. Like, made the most of it, and God is moving, and, and we're seeing him, and we're hearing reports of how you're meeting with him. But as time goes on, and the longer this goes on for, most of you know that a real tension has developed just about this whole thing, everything that's going on. COVID, when to open the world, how to open the world, many opinions. 
um, of, of everything going on. And I'm not here to really talk about any of that. I have a lot of opinions, of course, myself, uh, but this is not the place to share that. What I want to do is I want to speak to you as a pastor for our local church. And again, these concepts can be adapted for any church, but I want to offer some pastoral guidance in the midst of our current context. And um, it's this. We have to remember the mission of God for our lives and our church here in Hawaii during COVID or not. And that's this. We want to see God's kingdom come here. We want to see people freed from addiction and healed from sin and restored to their heavenly father. Right? We do what we do because we want people to be saved and set free from the power of sin. And we gather as a church, as believers, because we desperately want to encounter Jesus. We want to be in his presence and we want to grow as disciples. And I believe that all of this is still happening and can still happen whether we meet physically or not. Of course, it is so not ideal we're not meeting in person right now. It's not what's most comfortable, and it's not the greatest by any means. But God is still moving. Again, you, you may not fully see the whole picture. That's the beauty of kind of hearing from all of you and seeing the big picture of our church, Ohana. But God is moving, and he's moving in some pretty profound ways. Guys, God is reaching more people now than maybe ever before in the history of the world because everything is being proclaimed digitally, and the whole world is connected digitally. There are people that are coming to church because it's safety, right? They can just come on the feed and then bump out than ever before. There's, this is not something to just skip over or let pass by. And so thinking about right going back, whatever that looks like, you know, it's probably in stages, gather with this many people, and then we can do like little home gatherings, and then finally, right? I have no idea. We all we all don't. Whatever that looks like and whenever that may be, I just want to remind us, and I've said this before, and I just want to, I want to keep this being said. God isn't restricted right now. It may feel like he is. It may feel like as a church we are. God is not restricted. We are the church. We've always been the church. And opening the doors of the church in person, right, the same way, or in the same fashion, isn't the goal. It's really not. And I know many of you and many pastors differ. No, that's the goal. That is absolutely the goal. And um, that's fine that we think differently. We can love each other and still fellowship and still um, agree to disagree with that. But, but for me and for us, church, Reality Honolulu, I believe that God is bigger and better than what we think is best. I just know that it's not about us. It's, it's about Jesus and his kingdom coming. And his kingdom is coming and it's happening here in Hawaii. God is moving. And even in our small church, I don't know if you know this, but we're really different in a lot of our uh, beliefs, a lot of our uh, slants, a lot of our thoughts, a lot of uh, our thoughts about what's happening right now. But I want to encourage us, despite our difference, 
that we still rally and continue to rally around Jesus and be unified around the mission of God that he has for us here as his people in Hawaii. Church, we need to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's maybe never been more important. We're different. The world is different. We might have different thoughts about everything. I know we do. I've heard from you. But we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, that we are the church, whether gathered digitally or physically around Jesus, and he is still moving and he is still not restricted. Can I get an amen? We have to believe that. God is well aware where we're at. Like, we don't have to post about something. He knows. He knows where we're at. And he's completely capable to sustain his church through this. Like, there's been much worse times in history that God has carried his church through. That's because he's in control. That's because he's on the throne. And he wants to move powerfully in the midst of this pain, even if it's not the norm and it's not, uh, you know, we're apart and we're digital and it's not the same. And so church, um, I, I want to encourage us to possibly change our mindset, right? Instead of itching to go back to exactly how we function as a church, rather, let's pray, God, your kingdom come and your will be done in Hawaii as it is in heaven. And maybe we should start praying and asking the question, God, how do you want me to participate in that? Whether things go back or this or when it does, here and now, with all the messiness, how do you want me to be involved in the building of your kingdom as your church, as your people here in Hawaii, with my neighbors, on my social media, with my posts? How do you want me to be the church? And like Acts, I think we should ask and pray like they did. How do you want me to share the good news with those that don't know you? Like actually share with them. Like whether that be a post, text message, communicate with those that you're, that you're around. God, how do you want me to share the good news that don't know you? And also, how do you want my deeds to show and tell of your worth and your power. How, how, does my how is my life right now reflecting you? Is it showing of your worth and your power, or is it just all about me? These are really important and really applicable, applicable questions right now. But again, this is not supposed to be just us doing it. It's God in us. Right? We have to remember the power in the early church came from the Holy Spirit and the power of the church today to be fruitful in the world is the Holy Spirit and God in us. And so the way in which we should pray is, God, empower me by your Holy Spirit to be unified with the church, unified in mission to see your kingdom come here in Hawaii as it is in heaven. But then, as our text goes on, 
after they pray and after they praise God for who he is, after they're rallied and unified that we're going we're gonna to speak in boldness, we're going to live in boldness despite these hard times, then we get this radically beautiful picture of how in the midst of being unified around Jesus, and Jesus is being glorified and we're unified in mission, we get this beautiful radical picture of them being united in caring for one another. Guys, I want you to uh, highlight this morning, verses 33 through 37. As you read them, or as you read them again right now, you'll realize it sounds kind of familiar. This is These practices, well, two chapters ago, at the end of Acts chapter 2, we spent five weeks looking at them. What is the church supposed to be like in the midst of of hard times? How are they supposed to act and react? What are the core practices and disciplines that are supposed to be a part of the church? And here, once again, we see this idea of caring for one another. So what's happening in these verses, verse 33 through 37, is that as a church, these believers, as Peter and John come back with this report, they pray and praise God. As a church, they're of one mind and one accord. They are all in it together. But very much like us today in our church, everyone for them uh, was in the same storm. They were in hardship. We're in hardship. They're in hard times. We're in hard times. But everyone wasn't in the same boat. Same storm, but not same boat. See, for them, when it came to finances or financial well-being, which we see, we'll see examples here, some were in need. And were without, and some had plenty and abundance. Some were rich and some were poor. That's exactly the case for us today in 2020 as the church here in Hawaii. Right? You guys all know people in our church. Some of us still have jobs. Some of us don't. Some of us had savings. Some of us didn't. Some of us got our stimulus check. Some of us didn't. Uh, some of us that declared unemployment, you got money. Some didn't. Like, it's just so crazy, once again, that the Bible is so applicable. Like, the Bible is not dead, it's not aged, it's living and active, and it's for today. And we see, once again, that it's applicable for us. But look at how the church, in the midst of not doing well, they're being persecuted, they're being hindered, they're being restricted, just in, in, in similar ways, different ways, but similar ways. They're not doing well. Things are kind of turning on its head. They're not able to meet in the same way that they would want to. Look at how they dealt with the situation among themselves. The key is they saw each other as one unit, one family, one ohana. It was one group. And a core value that directed their actions was that there was no one among them that was to be in need. There was no one among them. They thought of each other as one unit. If one member suffers, we all suffer. We can't let one person suffer while, one, while the other is doing well. Like we need to rally and gather and be unified to care for one another so that there is no need among us. Again, I'm just speaking to us inside the church, at least at first, because I believe the model that we should cultivate is to start this practice to cultivate this type of community here in the church first and then have it overflow into the community around us. 
life that's biblical and right, and that we first live it out amongst us, and then from that created heart that none would go uh, with, without need, uh, that none would be in need, that we do that to the rest of our community. So here's the deal. The church in Acts took this super seriously. Right, Luke, our author here, makes sure to include some of the radical ways they lived this out. It got to the point that in this new church, right, this is weeks and months old, uh, there was so many people in need that those that had land and had houses and had possessions were selling them and sharing with those that were without there's, there were actions to their words, and they truly put their money where their mouth was. It was radical generosity going on. And, and Luke, there's no coincidence that he uses, like, real tangible examples here. You know, like, oh, Barnabas had the field, and he sold it so that they could bring the money to the apostles, and they could distribute it to everyone that needed it. Church. What this window into Acts is supposed to be for us is an example and a model for us, for our own church, that we also, as followers of Jesus, who are empowered by the same Spirit, would be transformed by God, that this description would be true of reality, Honolulu, as well. That when people thought of, oh, that church, reality, Honolulu, what are they like? That one of the things that would describe us would be, oh, they're a church that cares for each other, and there is no one among them that is in need. We're not just supposed to read this and say, that's a good idea. We're supposed to grab a hold of it, to pray it in, to practice, and to live it out. The goal and prayer is, is that we would be a family. In the true sense of the word, we talk about it all the time, that we are a church ohana, but that we would really put that into practice now, that we would be united to care well for each other so that not, not any one of us was in need or without. Church, I believe that this time in history is an opportunity for the church in Hawaii to shine in this area. I'm not from here. You, that may be really obvious to you, but I'm not from here. And when I first came, and as I'm still learning, Hawaii, you are so good at caring for each other. You really are. If you're from here, that might be so ingrained with you that you might not know that you are, <laughs> you have it far better off. You've learned that. You've accrued it in you as a community uh, more than a lot of other places. But you are already so well aware of those uh, that live here in Hawaii. You're very proud of that. Um, you call this place home. You care for your families well and your kapuna well. And already it's ingrained in the fabric of Hawaii to care for one another. And so church here in Hawaii, this is the time where by the power and the Holy Spirit, we can, we can engage culture. We can care for one another. It can, we, we can really be the church. It's already a part of the fabric of culture, that it's there. We see it in the person and the character of God. Church, now is the time for us to shine here in Hawaii to be a church where no one is in need. And again, 
the motivation here in this text, the motivation to why uh, we should be generous, why we should share, why we should care, isn't just so that we can merely look like the church in Acts. Um, that's good. But even in Acts 4, their motivation wasn't just to be kind or, or uh, friendly to one another. That shouldn't be... Um, our motivation either, even though that's a part of, of Hawaii to care for one another and show aloha. That's not the mere, the, the, the purely the motivation, but the very motivation why we as a church should care about each other is that we were created in the image of God. And we were created and being transformed to live in and out of the very nature and character of God. And I hope you know this, that God is inexpressibly generous. That by nature, he lavishes grace and mercy upon us. That he gave us what was most precious to him, and that was his son. He sent his son to die on a cross for us. He gave everything he had to get us. Our God is a generous God. And because God is generous and we're made in his image, we're actually now called to be generous as well. And because God desires that none of his children would be in need or without, we too should have that same mentality. We are to be a God-exalting, other-centered people. That is to be our mission. That is to be our created order that we are to 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 care about glorifying God and loving other people and caring for their needs over our own. Church, I just want to um, say that when it comes to all of this, I'm so proud of how generous you are. Like, I'm not saying all these things to say, this is not you at all, so you better just get right. That's, that's actually not what I'm saying at all. Church, I'm so proud of of so many of you that you're already doing this, like in radical ways. And just as a way of thanks and praise, just so you can know church, um, on top of tithing, many of you specifically have donated to help others in our church in need, to literally see Acts chapter four come to pass. And we had the privilege of the church, uh, as a church to actually give out 5,000 plus dollars just this last week to those in our body that were in need. I mean, like, praise God. And that's because you're walking out Acts chapter 4. Like, you're, you're being transformed by the Holy Spirit. Like, you're giving to those in need so that there would be none among us. And guys, um, as we were involved in doing that and um, seeing you guys donate and hearing needs, but then being able to meet needs, like financially, uh, it might have been one of the greatest joys as a pastor. And I'm serious that, that I've experienced because I was able to step back and um, it wasn't me doing it. Like it wasn't the pastor. It wasn't the staff. It was the church being the church. Reality Honolulu, so proud of you. And if anything, um, I want to exhort you to keep continuing to live into this. And so you may, you may be wondering, well, what does that mean practically? Well, here's here's the, how that practically can work. Well, our church is filled with needs, uh, financial needs, emotional needs, right? Uh, mental, spiritual, relational. Like we're all in need. Um, 
we're all hurting in different ways, but we're all in need. And um, it doesn't mean uh, that it's purely money. Like we see that example here in the book of Acts. But once again, it's not only talking about that. Like we need each other. We need a call. We need a text. We need help. We need things done for us. Um, it, it, I'm not just saying that those of you that are wealthier uh, just have to sell everything just like they did in Acts. Um, obviously, I do want the Lord to challenge you with the stuff that we have, um, all of us, but that's not the main point. The point is, I want to challenge all of us, despite how much or little we think we have, to think about others in our church, in this local expression, reality Honolulu. And I want us to ask God how we might reach out and meet each other's needs. Right? It can look like giving financially. It can look like calling someone, praying for them, encouraging them, like being creative and, and giving gifts or, or just being mindful or going out of your way um, to ask kind of the harder questions. How you're doing? Tell me how you're really doing. How can I come alongside you right now? Um, some of the ways that you can know people's needs, I would say the greatest way is for you to join an Ohana group. Uh, they're easier than ever to be a part of because they're not necessarily in one location. It's all digital right now. And so um, we would love for you to join Ohana groups. That's the best way to break down the larger church into a smaller gathering and to create space to allow needs to be shared. And then Ohana groups can then go, go ahead and meet those needs. Also, we have an online digital community, kind of an app, so to speak, you can find on your website that, that people post needs. Hey, can you pray for housing for me? Hey, so-and-so is sick, or so-and-so uh, needs this, or can you help me with this? It's like an online digital forum. Also, uh, follow us, and uh, uh, we're going to be sharing more needs as they come up. I, I hope you guys know that um, this is probably, there's longevity to this. It isn't just like an immediate crisis, but there's longevity to the needs that are going to happen. And so um, you can even ask us as well what the needs are so that we can help you kind of uh, meet needs. But again, visit our website if, if you want any more information. But church, listen up. Here we go. Let's be a church that models this, that models God's kingdom coming for ourselves so that it can then spill out into our community. And church, let's continue to pray that the Holy Spirit transforms and empowers us to be generous as our God is generous. Church, let's be known for caring for one another so that not any one of us would have a need amongst us. As we end our time today, we're going to go into a time of worship as we always do. And I want to encourage you in your homes right now, uh, if you have anything like bread or crackers or anything like juice and wine, to get those. Because I want to join with you as we spend time worshiping right now, taking communion. And communion, as you know, we do this every single Sunday because Jesus said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And what communion is and why we do it regularly is to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. And as we break bread, 
It signifies his body that was broken for us. And as we drink the juice or the wine, uh, it signifies his blood that was spilt on our behalf. And what it does is it gets us back on track and fixes our eyes on the main thing. And that's Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And so during this time of worship right now, wherever it seems right for you, uh, I'd love for you to in the quietness of your home or not so quietness of your home if you have children to kind of take a moment and to reflect upon the cross as we worship and i also want to encourage you to stay around for the end of worship we have a few more words that i'd love for you to hear but let me pray for our time as we enter in to glorify our god this morning father god we thank you for your word we thank you for your holy spirit we thank you that we are not alone thank you that you're with us and thank you that you're not restricted god you are a God that is bigger and better than our circumstances. And God, we just submit this time to you. We submit our lives to you. And God, we submit our church to you. And we ask that our church, Reality Honolulu, would model sacrificial generosity. That Holy Spirit, that you would put even right now on our hearts and minds, those in our church that we might reach out to and call and check on or even give to. Would you highlight needs? God, would you help us to meet those needs? Help us to stay connected with one another and see you move radically for your glory here in Hawaii. As we worship, we ask that you be present in our homes. Your presence would fill them. You'd be glorified and exalted in our midst. We pray this in Jesus' name.